It is another M5 Successful Friend. And uh, if you've never been here, boom, how's it going? And if you've been here before, you know the drill. Welcome aboard. Well, today, like any other day, I've got a successful friend. And this guy here, we've been grinding together back in the days when I used to work. His focus is mainly here in South Africa. Uh, but when I was grinding in my nine to five, I was out there in Africa. So we kind of like something having two things in common, property and the employer. But we're going to be speaking about Miguel Martins is Miguel. Who is he and what does he do? Miguel, good having you around and um, welcome aboard. Hi TJ, good to connect with you. Good. Who is Miguel? We have seen Miguel. For some of you that don't know you, you you one of those guys that I've seen who have been extremely passionate about property where there is property talks you are there and uh who is miguel martins <laughs> hey tj so uh so i mean just to kind of like take a bit of a history history lesson and, and really lucky to be sharing this with you and kind of taking a bit of a side discussion what we normally talk about right yeah um so i was i was born in gilbrow in johannesburg uh, my parents really? originally <laughs> my parents originally came from mozambique uh, yeah. In Portuguese, I came to South Africa. My daddy's my dad uh, studied at Potch Boys, married my mom, brought her over, and uh, settled in Joburg. I was born in Hillbrow, and yeah. I've been in Johannesburg ever since. Do you know which part of Hillbrow, though? Um, they lived there for some time. I don't know exactly which part of Hillbrow. I just now was born at the Florence Nightingale Hospital, and we were there for a couple for a couple years yeah. uh, before moving to Bears Valley. Another yes, very yes. interesting investment hotspot these days. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually landing up in uh, Legari in Randburg. And that's really where I grew up. Uh, my, I was there throughout my, my primary school. I went to Craigle Primary, um, then to Ferndale High School, and eventually Hyde Park High. So uh, really, I'm, 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 an, I'm a northern suburbs kid, but, uh, comes, you know, but I do come from central of Joburg. Eh? So rough and tough. <laughs> I think you want to call yourself Rav and Rav. You're not Rav. <laughs> uh, no, no, I've lost that. <laughs> so, so, Miguel, you've been in the... Um, you, you have literally... You, you're a Jobeka boy, right? That's what you are. And um, uh, married, kids? Right, so, so married, uh, three kids. Yeah. Uh, kids at, at the moment they are six, eight, and ten. So really, Good. so young kids. Yeah. Uh, my my wife's an accountant. She works for for another bank, and uh, and I think you know we're a typical, I guess, professional family. Yeah. Uh, you know we live in the northern suburbs. We 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 we're very, very very fortunate. We have a good life. Being Portuguese, we have a big family, and a lot of yeah. our family is involved in uh, different businesses and. You know, at a birthday party or on Christmas Day, uh, the, the, you know, after lunch is done, you know, we tend to sit around and everyone uh, complains or talks about their their businesses, and it's a great place to learn uh, about, yeah. about business and pick up uh, hints and 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 and, uh, 
ideas from 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 other people. So they're very much uh, in, in in that kind of family vibe, South African Portuguese families. So back in the days, Miguel, I stayed in Moz. Um, okay. Yeah, I did. Um, in the late nineties, um, and. Um, Fascinating that you're saying that your family is from Moz. Do you know where? Have you been? I have been. I've been several times. So my parents were born in, in, in Maputo. Okay. And, uh, and we still have some extended family, uh, one or two families living in, in, in Maputo. So I nice. so still have a lot, of, a, a lot of links there. Probably yeah. haven't been there in the last uh, kind of eight or nine years. Just haven't got around to going there. But definitely a very... Very nice place to visit, and I think even even business-wise, there's some interesting things happening there. It is. I mean, Mozambique is a growing economy. I mean, they came from war not so long ago, um, yep. so you know they're throwing everything to the fence to to stimulate their economy. Um, yep. So I mean, those that have links there and you are ahead in terms of your thinking, it could be a great place to go in and. and help stimulate the market and also put some money on the table for yourself yeah absolutely even last last year i was chatting to someone who's involved in 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 the home loans business in uh in mozambique in the yeah. and 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 we we're talking to him about i was talking to her about airbnb and she had right. never heard of of airbnb and uh so their properties on on a 99 year lease you can't purchase it as such as you can yeah. in africa it was on nine-year lease, and as a foreigner, very difficult to buy property in, in, in Mozambique. Not, not impossible, but difficult. Yeah. But uh, doing doing a rent-to-rent strategy, Airbnb, she never heard of it. But then she, but when I went, went on to Airbnb, lots of options in, in Maputo. But the fact that people in the property business haven't heard of it talks to the opportunities there still are for for various strategies uh, in, nice. in in that country. Yeah, absolutely. So nice. it's great. So one, one thing I always try to do is I always try to keep myself up to date with how business is, is being done, especially property related, property investment business has been done in other countries and other spaces. Yeah. Because if you look at that, you can then uh, reflect back on how you can probably think about those strategies in your own backyard, just to try and stay ahead of the curve. 100%. You're spot on. Um, me and you, we think alike, Miguel. That's exactly what I've been doing from the time I started. Um, but how did you start, Miguel? Uh, how did you how did you start being in in, in property? Because I know that you're pretty active. Um, we we have bumped in, into each other in many many places um, that that they speak about property. Sabin being particularly one of those places. But but how did you start? Okay, great. So, so my my father did a few um, house renovations when I was growing up. So, I've always been uh, around property and property as an investment type. Um, but uh, but you really dabbled in it. So it wasn't anything prolific. But I guess there, my interest was um, my interest was sparked. And then I guess growing up um, after I finished uh, school. And started started uh, varsity. I did the distance learning through UNISA. Yeah. I looked around and I said, "Well, um, you know, yes, I'm going to be working for a job, and I'm going to get like, um, you know, I wasn't quite sure I was going to get into the time, but I always saw property as a uh, as definitely an, an, an alternative uh, uh, life strategy and investment strategy, and that thing that was going to take me to financial freedom. I came across this book 
yeah. uh, when, when I was just starting work in about 97, 98. Right. And it's, it's NetBank's Making Money. And this book was published in 1990. I found it at a flea market. And really what it was, it's a book that talks about um, various financial strategies towards okay. financial, uh, financial freedom and then and any financial life strategy and various types of investments, savings, etc. And there's a particular strategy, uh, a chapter on uh, property and investment, uh, home loans. And that's when I first got really exposed to how to use a home loan to, to invest in property and to build a portfolio, etc. And soon yeah. after that, and soon after that, I, I found my other book, and I think everyone's seen this book. And this is still, this book is about 25 years old. And this yeah. is a book that I read uh, over, over a couple of evenings. And, and, uh, and that's really what kind of set my mind and got me thinking about property as investment. But the point I wanted to make about that first NetBank book was that it was a South African book yeah. written by Magnus Haystack, who's still quite, uh, quite active as an investor. He was one of the authors. It was relevant to South Africa, relevant to the time. And it really got me thinking about it. My first investment was a two-bedroom apartment I bought in Morningside in Santon uh, in 1998. Yeah. I bought it for 220000 I rented it out for about 18 months and I sold it for 280000 at the time. And wow. I made a bit of money and I thought, oh, that was fantastic. And that, I think that kind of, that really got me going, and I thought, "Oh, I can do this. I can do this property thing." Um, okay. Of course, I, I bought it. Uh, I was ne I was uh, negative cash flowing on the property itself, but I cut my teeth. I had to find tenants. Uh, I had to um, sort out maintenance things. Uh, it really was a great property to to start. And when I sold it, I made a bit of money, which 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 kind of uh, which which confirmed that uh, this whole property investment thing was a good thing to, to learn more about and, and get further into. Miguel, on this show here, uh, the, the, the phrase negative cash flow, we don't use that one. <laughs> I, learned that, I learned that myself. <laughs> <laughs> so. we, we like to drive it home and say, I was making a loss. <laughs> I was making it my my day job was funding my my my, my weekend hobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that got yeah. your juices going now, Miguel. And there you yeah. are now. You started off you with your first two bed one bath, one inside, which is a great place, uh, by the way. I mean, if you had you kept that property now, I think nothing less of a million on that unit, right? 1.8 million. That's what units are going for in that, in, in that complex today. Wow. Don't you kick yourself 20 years later. But, yeah. but, but I think that's, that's, that's a key lesson is that property always goes up. I think since then, uh, I don't know my economic cycles, but since then we've had the 1998 crash. We've yeah. had the, the dot-com bug Crash. Yeah. We've had the 2008-2000 financial crisis. Uh, we've, we're going through another crisis, uh, and and since then, property has just increased. And it might, you know, at any point in time, I might be doing better or worse than what you'd expect it to do. But property is constant, and yeah. and I think and, and and buying the right property at the right time, 
you can ensure that that property is cash flow positive when you purchase it, then the value will sort itself out over, over the long term. Agree with that. Miguel, when you started off, so, so there you are, you working, were you working at the bank at that time already? At the time, I just started working at the bank, yeah. I was doing, I was doing my articles as, a, 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 as an accounting graduate. Right. Um, I sold that property. I then went and purchased uh, two, two more sectional title properties, one, um, one in Randburg and one near Cresta. And right. this is when I started getting, in my sense, a little bit more creative. And, and the, the property I purchased in, in, in Randburg was in Ferndale and it was on the border of Bryanston. But when I added, I paid, I paid Ferndale prices for the property, but I was achieving Santon or Bryanston rents. Nice. And that's when I thought, sure, you've got to think clever about this. It's not just about buying property, it's about the location. It's about, uh, I think very heavily when, when I'm looking at property and I'm, and I'm a buy to let investor, uh, so I grow a portfolio, I don't, I don't flip and sell traditionally. Yeah. Um, when I look at a, prop, a, a property, I look at it in the, in, the, in the sense of a tenant. What, how will I describe this property on a little advert on uh, today on Gumtree or private property? And what photo will I take so that I'm ahead of other investors and their properties uh, in the same publication? I, li I like that thinking. So you've got the end in mind already whilst you are looking for the right property. Exactly, and, and, and a property really gets me excited uh, where, where, when the apartment, because uh, I deal with apartments and, and multi-lets, okay. the apartment has something different and unique. So whether that is space, it's a spacious apartment, which, which puts you ahead of, of, yeah. of your competitors, whether it is a lot of storage space. So the one apartment I had uh, in, in Cresta, the person I bought it from had put, had put built-in cupboards everywhere. And, it, and they totally overdone it above the doorways and, and all sorts. But then, but that really worked for tenants who arrive and they've usually got more clothing or more bits and pieces than those small apartments can cater before. So that set it aside. Um, so I'd always look for something unique or a view or a, a large patio or something. Something that sets it aside because if you're looking for a two-bedroom, one-bathroom, you are one in a hundred. So what's going to set you aside? It can't just be price. So Miguel, I, I am not found of units in, a, in complexes <clears throat> for, for the reasons that, um, and, and my discovery is that number one, levies kind of like hit me hard and that erodes my cash flow. That's the first thing. Yeah. The, the second thing is that I, I do not have flexibility in terms of what I can do with my, with my property. It is what it is. And I've got big brother who's the um, body corporate that I need to go and ask for every small little changes that I need to do. And, and for me, it's limiting. I, I, I don't feel comfortable there, but that's your happy place. In terms of these three, Miguel, how do you work around that? Or how do you make that work for your investment strategy? So I sold them <laughs> because, <laughs> because of those exact reasons. So okay. I, I, probably, I probably had them for about three or four years. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, um, I moved to London. So myself yeah. and my girlfriend then, my wife now, we were yeah. working in London. 
and, and I was really, really re rethinking this whole property investment thing. And I saw exactly that, that as a sectional title, very limited on, on what you can do. The, you, you can buy a discount, but not sufficient, not enough discount. It's very difficult to make a sectional title cash flow positive. Very, very difficult. Right. Uh, and especially in, in, in a good area. For me, um, um, it, it, it's important to buy, to, I invest in good to great areas. Um, right. Problem is, in good to great areas, your yields are, are much lower. It's very difficult to cash flow positive. And especially when it comes to sectional title. So, so be, 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 being in London, we were there for three years. We, we took the opportunity to save as many pounds as we could. And we, 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 we shared the house and we did all those things. And whilst I was there, I sold, I sold the, by then I had four sectional title apartments. I, I sold all four. Um, that just was not part of the strategy. I wasn't, we weren't going to achieve what we wanted to with them. And, and we bought our first property, our first uh, uh, um, freehold, which we converted almost immediately. While, whilst from London, my, yeah. my father converted them into four multi-lets whilst, oh. whilst we were over. So, so my, first, my first renovation, my first conversion, I didn't even uh, see was the, the renovation. I, luckily, I did it from over, uh, over the phone. I was, there wasn't even Skype or, uh, or Zoom at the time. It was yeah. just phone calls and faxes at the time. So, <laughs> you know, and, and I guess there was email, but yeah, it was phone calls and faxes in terms yeah. of drawings and all the rest. Eh? But um, it worked really well, and we, I still have that property today. Still have that property today. You speak of your father helping you in this process here, being your contractor, so to speak. Um, and 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 the earlier on when we were talking offline, you you, you were saying that your father used to um, do that. Does he still do that? Uh, is he still part of your strategy in terms of being a contractor? You know, working alongside of you because what I've discovered, it's pretty difficult just finding a good contractor. And there you are, you've got a dad, someone whom you look up to because he's your father, number one, and then number two, he's doing the work for you. So definitely he's going to be doing it much better than anyone else. Um, but how does that relationship or that, that dynamics work out? So, so, uh, so, so no, he's, he's not, he's, he helped me with the one, with the one project. Okay. And then, and then, and then uh, he, he had his own job uh, himself. So really he was helping me on, 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 on the side. Nice. What, okay. um, yeah. So when, when we arrived back in uh, 2005, uh, we arrived back to a second project, and, and that project, I, I managed that project. I became the contractor, and yeah. I pulled together the builder, electrician, plumbers, etc., painters, etc. Um, and that's been my model ever since. Um, I, I have a daytime job, but then my evening after, after 5.30, uh, if, if, if I've got a project on the go, I'm arriving on site, I'm speaking to the guys, seeing what they've done for the day, you know, I've got a builder and his team, electrician and his team. We've built up over time, and uh, and, and and so I have that team around me, non-permanent, but I can pull on them for for, for projects. And uh, we have, we are, I have those teams, and and my father's gone on to do other projects of, of his own, and we yeah. still uh, talk about it and how's it going, and how we have different strategies in terms of where we invest, how we manage tenants, etc. So. Uh, it's it's really great um, to have 
those mentors, those coaches early on yeah. to, give you, to give you the direction. And then what I find as with anything else, as, as you grow your experience and your, and, and your skill set and your knowledge, you potentially move on from, from that mentor. You, you've, got, you've got to go find another mentor who's probably at the level where you want to be and yes. who can give you, that, give you that direction. I think different people come into your life for different reasons at different times for that, for, for that reason alone. I agree with you there. But Miguel, I want to come back to your current strategy. Um, so yep. what is it that you, you do? What, what's your, what's your okay. strategy? And if you are to find other things on the side that might support your strategy, what is it that you take? And what is it that you like? I ring fence only this and anything else that comes through, I, I'm not going to touch. Okay. So, so I, I, I have a normal nine to five job. It's, right. uh, it's, a, it's, it's a job at, at APSA Bank. It's quite a demanding job. Sure. So when I say nine to five, I mean nine to five, got to be or eight to five. I'm, I'm usually in the office, but there's work required beforehand and maybe afterwards, et cetera. So, so, so it's a normal demanding um, corporate type job. So right. my, my, my property strategy needs to fit, needs to complement that. So I have a couple um, uh, rules. All the properties that I invest in are within less than 10 minutes drive from my home. And that's because whilst I'm renovating uh, initially, and of course, as I said, I manage multi-let. So every new, every new project, every new investment requires a renovation of sorts, uh, some light and some extensive. So I need to be able to go past the project on the way on, on the way home. Sometimes on even even on, on on the way to the office. So everything's within ten minutes. Also, because I largely uh, manage my, uh, manage the, the properties myself, I, I have a property manager which I can share with you in a minute. But I like to be able to if something goes wrong, and it's seven or eight o'clock in the evening, uh, I definitely don't want to be able. To, I don't, definitely don't want to need to cross Johannesburg to go and deal with whatever the problem is. And especially when it comes to viewings, when, when, when there's a vacancy, if I'm having to cross Johannesburg to go and do a viewing, I'm probably going to miss a couple of viewings myself, and it's going to be much harder to, to let that property out. So I like to keep things close to home. Because of that, I do limit uh, the area in which I, 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 um, I invest in. Um, I, I stay in, uh, in Bryanston in, 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 in Johannesburg, and it's a lovely place to stay. The problem in the area is that um, the properties are quite large, so investments are, 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 quite, uh, are quite expensive. They take up a lot of cash as well initially with deposits and transfer fees, etc. Yeah. Um, it, it's a great area. It, it's not great for yield or for cash flow, but it is great for property investment in terms of the property itself. So my strategy is one, it's a dual strategy. It's... I don't get high yields or, or, or great rents, um, net rents, because yeah. of the high cost of our investment, but I do get good quality properties. So I try to find properties that in the future could be uh, a great option to sell to a developer. They are on uh, busy streets where there's a lot of traffic going past, so there might be a commercial upside in the future, etc. But first and foremost, they have to be a good buy-to-let structure. Uh, I need to be able to get the right uh, consent use and zonings in place. Yeah. Um, and they need, to, they need to cash flow positive to begin with. And I need to 
be able to get my cash out that I've invested in. So I, I definitely do um, have a, uh, a report card uh, that, that, that where, where all the different options need to be ticked before I, um, be, before I put an OTP down and make an investment. You, you, you speak of investing, uh, particularly in Bryanston, um, which is um, generally an expensive area for kind of like people that stay in Johannesburg. Um, <clears throat> but for me, the opportunities that I see there is that um, your appreciation in, in, in Bryanston is always going, going up. It's not like in some areas That's where it's flat or, or potentially... Uh, going down. So that's a benefit there. Um, yes. If I look into the Bryanston areas, your your tenant is a better quality tenant. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's someone that has it's a blue collar job, you know, that kind of a tenant. And someone who potentially have a good job as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the, the third thing that I can think of they in, that, in those particular areas is that um, the structures are pretty solid. Um, yes. and, and as and when you start making changes, uh, you're not having to have drastic changes that you need to do on your property because the, they're solid already. And yep. if you get a good deal that's been managed very well, um, you know, you, you don't have to put in extensive monies and you still have the liberty of the lifestyle of you know a comfortable neighborhood people walk down the street with dogs and cats and hamsters and all of those things so <laughs> I, I i'm i like that area um but i think from an investment perspective it if if done correctly you can bank both cash flow and appreciation which is which is a happy place i think and that's and that's it exactly um None of my properties have particularly strong yields. Yeah. But they do cash flow positive. Right. But they're all in good areas where I'm getting the, the benefit of the uh, property price growth. So it's pretty balanced. Okay. Yes. Um, it's pretty balanced. I also made the decision some time back that I was happy to stay in my corporate job uh, for for some time because of the because it's, it's interesting I enjoy the environment I enjoy the people I enjoy the mental st stimulation yeah going uh, you know which 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 you wouldn't always necessarily get uh, necessarily uh, in in uh, in your own property business so I was happy to play this this dual approach I think you also need to mention that when we lived in the UK we managed to save up quite a bit of money and quite a bit of cash and I think to get into and because um, we looked at um, our incomes as, as, as two professionals, and myself, my wife, who is my partner, um, we looked at um, what 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 we could finance. We looked at the cash we had saved up on, on the three years we were there, and we used the combination of that to kick off our uh, our property investment business. And I guess because we were investing in an area. In Bryanston, you can get properties that go for 16 million for an acre, okay? But you yeah. can also get properties that go for today three and a half million for an acre. Very different, very different uh, house on there, but your top side is very high. So, right. 
and that's something I've realized recently, where if you look for, if you look for areas where there's, there's a big gap between the, top, the average top side of, of so, so that 16 million maybe is, is on the extreme side, but it's really very easy to find many properties between the 8 and 10 million mark in Bryanston. Okay. Uh, but you'll find some properties at three and a half, four million mark. Right. Um, in the good, in the good, in, in the, in the good parts of Bryanston. Other, other parts of Bryanston will get an acre for, uh, for less than three million. So it depends. The, the, the lesson here is that if you buy, if you buy in the right area, you buy the worst property in the right area. And that area has a really high market value. By doing a few things to that property, you can get it refinanced for the higher value. You will always have equity. Always, always have equity in your property, right? Yeah. Uh, um, with, with, with definitely not the same amount of investment. So that's really helped us invest, roll our money, get the money out, go into the next investment. Um, nice. But as with any property investment, you've got to think about how you get your cash out. Whether once you get your cash out, your property is still cash flow positive. Whether this, whether you, know, you mentioned getting tenants, tenants in this area are are, are better, uh, are, are good. Um, they're usually employed somewhere in a corporate or office space around around Santon. So 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 the properties are fairly, the uh, jobs are fairly stable. So we've got that sustainable rental income, etc. But it's very competitive. We've got lots of uh, uh, apartments, estates, etc. In, in in the area. So we have to make sure the product that we're putting together is a great product that's going to compete well with um, with the developers in the area. Nice. Miguel, you speak of that your your wife is your partner, your business partner, right? And and I just want to touch on that one because for me, I struggled a little bit in the beginning in having my Wi-Fi as a partner in the other businesses that we started off with. However, is as time continued, um, the one thing that we resorted to was that we knew that our end goal was the same, but the journey to get there and the how, we, we were very yeah. different. Um, in terms of even the risk appetite that we had, should say, no, let's not take that money in the credit card. I'm like, no, we have to. And so there was friction as we went on until we actually resorted to, hey, we know the end goal, you work for me and I report back to you on what on what I've done. And and we continued that way and of late now we've started working closely together again because we have now kind of like smoothened that out uh, in our relationship, even though we've been together for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, having a wife as a business partner, it's a different dynamic because you're still married. Yeah. You still... Yeah. Um, yeah. husband and wife, how, how have you navigated that? Okay, so, so if I'm the CEO, she's the chairman. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> and, On the and, other and, hand, and, the wife is an accountant as well, so that makes things... Yeah, she, she's also finance, she's also finance, right? The, the, CEO, the chief financial officer. Yes. So, so it's, uh, and absolutely, so it's, um, so we're not, when I say partners, um, the day-to-day the, the -day managing of the business, et cetera, is very much up, up to me. Sure. Um, the, the, the looking for the next investment, uh, I'm, 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 I'm the active partner, if I can put it like that. Right. So it's absolutely rely, rely on her to test my thinking, uh, to rein in my enthusiasm, 
Right. And when I'm, when I'm trying to make a property work with the numbers by tweaking this and tweaking there, she's, she, she's my reality check. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and sometimes it uh, can be very frustrating. Um, and, and that frustration does come in. But I value the fact that what's been raised, again, we have the same uh, end goal in mind, but yeah. the issues that she's raising are the issues that uh, I'm sometimes trying to ignore to make a, a particular project work. Mm. Or sometimes the fact that she's very detail-orientated, she'll point out things that, that are frustrating that I didn't see them in the first place, yeah. but, 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 but valuable that she's pointing them out uh, before, they become a, before they become a real issue. So I think it's about understanding what you bring to the, to the partnership, what they bring to the partnership, yeah. and then how you complement each other. And I think just being comfortable with the fact that you're not always going to be of the same, of the same mind about anything. That yeah. You're going to frustrate and, uh, and irritate each other and, uh, and be comfortable with that. But uh, there's definitely a lot, a lot more good than bad. And, 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 and the fact that you complement each other uh, and that you don't overlap each other entirely um, actually makes you stronger. Yeah. Miguel, you started off back in the days in the 90s. Um, you stuck on with your job and um, you're still at it, you're still investing, you've got your strategy now kind of like pinned down. You don't do, you know, at some point, you know, people like say flip, flip, flips are working and you don't jump in and jump out. Um, and and you're, you're quite strong in the head in terms of what is it that you're trying to achieve, right? And hence you have stayed. Bryson is not a big area, it's a very small area. But that's the area that you are you are digging into in there because you stayed there. The thing that I want to speak about, Miguel, is that <clears throat> now that you have journeyed through, you have literally gone in. I think two decades, right, of of property investing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the benefits, Miguel, that you are now seeing that manifested in your life, in your business, and? When you were starting off, you were like thinking, hmm, uh, maybe this is the goal. Uh, but now some of those things now are coming into life, uh, whether it is from, from the business, from a financial perspective, or from a family perspective, in, in whatever form of goal that you, you have set up in terms of your benefits. No, absolutely. And, and, and that's a great question because I think we, we learn a lot from people who have been down the road, right? Yeah. And where they find themselves and all that. So, so maybe a couple, a couple of lessons learned. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and, and then that, right? So, so I've been in this game. I've been doing this now for 22 years. Right. And I started off with a sectional title, moved away from sectional title, etc. right? And, and I've probably done a, investment, a property investment deal one every three years since I started. Maybe two and a half, three years on average, right? Right. Sure. That means that I would, we would do a deal, we'd go through the whole renovation project, get, it, uh, get the units uh, rented out on the multi-let, and then we'd take a step back for a year or two and go back yeah. to our very demanding uh, uh, corporate jobs and go back to our families and have kids and all those other things you do as, as, as you're growing up. Yeah. And then get back, and then, and then in two or three years later, get back in, do another deal, and then get back out. I wish I had done smaller deals one a year for the last 20 years. 
that consistency, that having having a clear, uh, I had a strategy, but it was it wasn't clear in my mind. I never sat down with anyone, and there wasn't really anyone at the time like like there's now like like yourself. They actually sit down and say with a coach or a mentor, what is your strategy? What is your plan? What does it look like? How are we going to get there? Okay, now let's work the plan. Mm-hmm. So it's very much something that was done on the side. It was a, it was a hobby. I could tick the box to say I was dealing with my investment with my financial future by doing some property investments. But there wasn't that focus and attention and that consistency. And, and if yeah. there's anything I look back, even if it had been consistency with sectional title for that matter, uh, even in a... Um, if I just maintained property investment and rolled and grew that portfolio uh, little by little, but consistently over the last 20 years, I would be in a very different situation right, right now. Having said that, um, I've, got a, I've got a strong portfolio. Yeah. I still have to work for a day job. <laughs> I'm still not out of, of my day job. So, so, so it isn't a couple of deals and all of a sudden you are financially free. Because I think as as we grow, uh, as we get married, have kids, and we grow our, um, our, our our financial needs, and also our aspirations, we go from wanting to drive that car to to a bigger car, to gain our kids not going to one school, going to another school. Our needs grow, and that can be a whole different discussion in terms of of of, of your needs and wants, right? But, yeah. but as we grow and, 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 as, and as we do that, therefore, um, our investment and strategy, our investment journey and our strategies need to keep up with it or need to keep chasing that. But right. today, today I, I, live, I live in a house that um, uh, I, I probably wouldn't be able to live in if I wasn't, um, if I didn't have the, the income that I have coming from our properties. Um, I don't drive a flashy car. Actually, my car is, next year, my car is 10 years old. So right. we're, not, we're fairly prudent in our expenses, but we have a few nice things that, you know, that, that we enjoy. I've got a lovely house. We live in a lovely area. My kids yeah. are at a private school. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be possible um, yeah. if, if it wasn't for the property income uh, augmenting our, our corporate job uh, income. I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a sports car. I don't have a house on the coast yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> etc. Right. So, yeah. so it's definitely not all, all, all those, uh, all those trimmings, right? Yeah. But um, it, it, it definitely has helped, even if I followed a very inconsistent strategy of investment strategy over the last twenty years. Um, having said that, um, I think I've now come to realize. I mean. I'm 45 this year, and I've, I've come to realize that I need to focus. I need that that lesson of consistency is a lesson that I've uh, realized uh, fairly recently. It's taken 20 years to hit me on the head, and, yeah. and now I, I, I've created an urgency. Um, I want to do two, if not three, property investment deals a year. That's that's my target. Uh, COVID has kind of got in the way of that. But uh, I'm determined to do at least one, if not two, this year um, in my yeah. personal basis. I, I keep it simple. Uh, I've, got, I've got a trusted BTY structure. It's just myself and my wife. We don't do too many uh, partnerships. So we keep it fairly simple, but we've created that urgency. And, um, and I think, and I'm trying to catch up for maybe what I've uh, missed out on over the last uh, couple of years. Nice, nice. 
Miguel, uh, the last question before we go on to the last section now of, of, of our conversation is that um, what was the, what is the one thing that you probably underestimated before you were in property, but now that you're in property, it is actually one of the key things that you, a person or you have discovered that you, this you should be knowing. Sure. I underestimated how much I can do by myself okay. without having to have other people to help me. I think when, when you're trying to get into anything, you're always looking at what you can't do. You're always looking at those who've done it and you say, because they've got a million rand, because they've got access to cash, because they've got the knowledge, because they've got the contacts, um, I, 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 I can't do that. And you're probably right because you're never going to do what other people do. You're going to do it in your own way. But, but, um, but that should never be a limitation. You may not be able, you can't do that now. But if you get on that road and, 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 you, and you're very clear about where you want to go, there's no limit to what an individual can do for themselves. With others and, and, and using different strategies and, and, and you're continually learning as, as an individual. I'm continually learning as an, as an individual. And the things I thought I couldn't do five years ago, I'm doing today. I've done them already. I yeah. find that if you give yourself a five-year target and you commit to it, there's every likelihood you'll get that five-year target in year three because you don't realize how, how much you can do in whatever that is, whether it's financial investing, uh, sports, fitness, whatever goal you have. Um, you always underestimate how much you can do until you get doing it. The reality is the majority of us, and I put myself in that, in that group, we, we stop before we start. We don't even try. And I think yeah. if you just give yourself a benefit of the doubt that you could actually get it done, the reality is you'll probably, you will most likely do more. Nice. I like that, Miguel. I like that. Yeah. Miguel, I'm going to ask you the last two questions. And these questions here, uh, you don't have to think. You just need to give it to me as, you, as they come. Um, sure. Besides the two questions, <laughs> besides the last two books that you shared, do you yeah. have a favorite business book? Do I have a favorite business book? Yeah. Um, there is a book called The Richest, da the, the, the Richest Man in Babylon. Right. I like that one too. My wife is actually and, going through that one, and it, and it's a story, yeah. and and it's 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 a story. Now I, I probably I probably read that ten or fifteen years ago, and um, and it's just it's simple lessons, simple truths, yeah. And and anyone and any anyone can apply that, whether it's in property or whether it's anything else, um, right? Anyone can apply it. So 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 I really, really like that book. Right. The last question, Miguel, is what does success look like for Miguel? Sure. Success is the, the financial burdens lifted. Yeah. Living the life that I want to live. Doesn't need to be on yachts and, 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 and fast cars. Yeah. But having, having options and choices about how I want to live my life. I think that's, that, that's what success looks like. Boom. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you had it right. <laughs> there you go. And uh, that was Miguel Mertens. And um, Miguel, we didn't speak about your day job. What do you do? <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm extremely fortunate that I'm able to, uh, as of the last five years, able to complement my hobby and my yeah. passion around property with my job at APSA Home Loans. And right. I, so I'm a product manager at APSA Home Loans. And yeah. um, my job really is to develop new products and new features uh, with, with home loans to help investors grow their portfolios. So uh, I'm fortunate that I speak to investors regularly. Every, every second or third day, I'm having a conversation with an investor. I'm solving a problem. We're thinking of, of new ideas. And um, so I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that, that role at, 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 this, at this point in time. Uh, that's what I call the unfair advantage, um, because in, in all of these conversations that you are having, you get to think with your employee, employee's, uh, employee's head, employer's head on how I can solve it, but in the same breath, it can also apply to you as an ind individual, as an investor, isn't it? Very much so, very much so. And I continually get reminded at, um, at how we don't need to rely on somebody else to determine our financial future. I, I, I get amazed that when I meet people at events, people such as yourself who, who make a, a clear decision to, live, to take a different path and yeah. live a different life. And that doesn't mean it's easy, it's hard, it's difficult. And it has its challenges and it definitely has its risks, especially once you have a family and, 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 and you have those commitments. But I think when anybody puts their, puts their head down, they're willing to commit to, 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 to reaching an objective, puts passion and effort and their heart behind it, I think uh, anything, is, anything is achievable. Nice. Um, I think uh, far too often we look at the end picture and we see some, where, where someone's at, uh, but we don't realize the, the effort and the grind and the work that goes in, in, in getting there. Yeah. Miguel, it's been great having you around. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Miguel Mattens. And um, an investor in his own right, killing it in his own right. And uh, I've been fascinated by talking about um, his investment journey so far. Um, I didn't know that Miguel is uh, rough and tough from Hillbro, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still I still drive through there every day when when I used to go into the office just just, just to keep the edge <laughs> to reminisce on your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, thanks so much for having me. It's been really nice to to have to have this conversation with you. Really appreciate the time. Nice, Miguel. Thanks a lot. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. And um, you can find us here all the time. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, Miguel, and God bless. Cheers. Thank you. On set when I was starting working, Miguel, that, that was my, my challenge. How do I get to that second or third income? Right. 
and wow. and and I knew that property was 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 the end goal. I just didn't know how. Yeah. And I only knew two ways: yeah. to borrow money or to have a business so that you can buy cash. Yes. Because one of my um, cousin's grandfather, he actually owned a small strip mall um, that he had bought back in the eighties and nineties. And yeah. all of that strip mall, together with the uh, surrounding houses, they were owned outright cash, and the entire family lived on that. So I knew it was possible, but yes, I just didn't yes. know how do you get to do it. And when I discovered the rich dad, and I started reading about Robert Kiyosaki, I literally got immersed into it. Yes. And yes. I was fortunate to find two podcasts in particular. Um, the one is a, it's an, it's a, it's a British one and, and another one, it's a, it's an American one. And I jumped into it. I think they were both on maybe about 400, um, 200 and 300. I listened to every guest, Miguel. <laughs> really? Eh? But, but you, you know, TJ, I think, I think that's the key. Hey, there must be something, there must be a burning desire. Either, yeah. can, can I tell you what my burning desire was? Yeah. Not to be poor. My, uh, we had family, so I, I didn't have much family. My, my parents came here from Mozambique and any family we had went back to Portugal. So I didn't have too much family. I've got no family on my side in South Africa. It's all on my wife's side. Sure. But we had a family friend. My, my parents had a family friend who came over from Mozambique and she was, I don't know what she did, but she was well off for a while. But then something happened and she lost her leg and she went overnight from like being well off, you know, dancing and being in society. I mean, this is what you see when you're eight years old yeah. to being literally destitute and living off the charity of others and family sending her some money from overseas every so often. And I thought I never, ever want to be in that situation. And I realized how fickle life, life can be, I guess. And, uh, and, that, and that still keeps me going today. So I want to make sure that I've got financial security. I don't need the, I don't need the, um, the, the Ferrari. I, yeah. I, I'm, happy, I'm super happy with a Toyota, but I need to make sure that no one's going to take that Toyota away from me. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess, you know, my story, a lot of people can't relate it because I think a lot of the young people these days are coming from that time where, where things were easier. And they probably were, don't get me wrong. Um, Although everything was was my own cash, you know, we overseas we lived with with four, you know, we lived in a house with with four other three other rooms, and we shared a room because we saved every single pound we could get. We didn't travel as much as we could, have and all that, and and we came back with as much money as we could, and that got us going. Okay, um, so we had our own version of struggles, but the thing is, the lessons can be applied, I think, by most people in their own in their own ways. What, one of the biggest lessons I've learned through Saturn is the, 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 the job of sourcing. The fact that a person can go find a property, can get an OTP on the property and sell that for 20,000 Rand blows my mind. Okay, fine. But that has got to be the best, easiest job type to get into with the right knowledge. And, and, and I don't know why we haven't got hundreds of people just sourcing property, sourcing deals, packaging it for investors, and just getting paid what is relatively 
good cash. Because it's uh, not easy. Yeah. You reckon, huh? Okay, and I'm saying I reckon because I've never done it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Um, I mean, I've done it and I continuously do it for my business partners. Um, yeah. And I, I've got a deal now about three weeks ago. I shared with my business partner that we've got this deal. I give them the numbers and they've been anxious from two weekends ago. And they're asking me every second day, I will close it, I will close it, I will close it. And I said, and I eventually said to them last night, it's not, it's not easy to just close it. There's lots <laughs> of stuff that goes into it. I'm still messaging the individual. We have knocked them down now around about 300,000 in addition to what the, the original price that I gave you. So just be a little bit patient with me. It's in the bag, but it's not sealed yet, you know? Yeah, so yeah. There, there's lots that goes into it behind the scene. Yes, yes, yes. Before yes, yes. the deal is, is ripe. In that process, that if you don't have it in a systemized manner, it's it it can become a challenge. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, so, fair enough. No, 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 and I don't want to oversimplify that. Absolutely not. And I, I appreciate that. But I yeah. think anyone wanting to get into property these days, there's no excuse. There's no reason why anyone, in their own way, whether they got an income, which a bank or finance. Yeah. Whether they've got cash or whether they've got none of the above, but they've taken the time to learn how to do it. Yeah. And it's often the learnings are free. The learnings are free, you know, for you to start getting into the rest. You can learn from experience. So I still think it's definitely an industry many people can get into. But TJ, I should thanks. also state, but I should also yeah, state yeah. the fact that once you get into the swing of it, you are you are very much correct that it be. It, it looks seamless and deal starts coming through to you and it becomes very easy. So yes, you, you, you're right. But, but at many times we start off and then uh, the deals don't come at, you know, and we start, nah, it's not working. It's not for me. And that's where people, because I've, I've seen it happen. A lot of guys come in, they go to Andrew's training, what, what, they come on fire. TJ, I've had yeah. to do sourcing. I want to do it. They set up a website. Ah, and then three months, nothing. I knock on their door. Do you have a deal? I'm also looking for a deal. Nothing. Yeah. You can actually yeah. handpick guys that are, that are active that are doing it from a sourcing perspective. True. True. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool, Anything's possible if you want it, eh? Simple as that. Anything's <laughs> possible if you really want it. Yeah. It's been great. TJ, thanks so much, eh? Yeah, right. and send more regards to Genevieve, right, eh? Sure, I'll do so. To your, to, Take care, to your chairman, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, eh? Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye.